there, Network Insiders. This is your regularly scheduled host, Janine, back with another exciting episode of the Insider Series for Networking podcast. Today, I'm joined by two Cisco experts, and we'll be talking about Cisco SD-WAN Multi-Region Fabric, or the abbreviated version, MRF. MRF is an important topic with the transition to multi-cloud environments, leaving IT with the need to scale the design and architecture of their SD-WAN fabric to deploy global connectivity. But before we get into that, let's meet our experts. Tahir and John Mark, could you both introduce yourselves and tell us a fun fact? Hello, everyone. My name is uh, Tahir Ali. I'm part of SD-WAN Technical Marketing, and I've been in Cisco since five years, but it looked like you know it's been ages. So I've been part of the initial integration of uh, Cisco Viptela with the Cisco uh, SD-WAN. And uh, before that, I was working for some of the MSP providers in uh, Colorado. A fun fact about me, um, basically, I like to hike. I, I see any mountain, I pick any mountain and just try to hike that. Um, and my recent hobby is to explore, you know, different places, including galaxies. So with, basically, this is with my mediocre telescope. So my name is Jean-Marc. I'm a principal engineer with the uh, technical marketing team, same team as uh, Tahir. And uh, I've been at Cisco for, well, 24 years. So it's a bit more than you, Tahir. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, I, the, the, the fun fact is uh, when I joined Cisco, uh, it was like 1997. We actually uh, work on the uh, integration of uh, voice and video over the internet. I mean, that sounds very common these days, right? But back in these days, I mean, that was really very, very new, right? So, so and now we're talking, you know, connecting uh, sites to applications hosting in the cloud. I mean, that's a, that's a giant gap between, you know, 97 and now. Awesome. Thanks for that. It's very interesting to hear how, how different things can be just, you know, a couple of years down the road. I'll say a couple, even though <laughs> it was 24. Um, so let's get started with the basics here. What is MRF and why is it required and who uses it? Um, so, I mean, MRF is really a Cisco SD-1, right? I mean, that's, see that as a, as a framework, right? Uh, we, we actually want to expand the capabilities of SD-1. We want to um, simplify and we will explain, you know, what that means exactly. But we also want to bring, you know, additional scale to what we have today. So... Starting with the enterprise, I mean, we we have thousands of customers, right? They, some of them, they have really large networks. I mean, lots of devices, and um, they need. I mean, every time you have such a large network, you actually want to group sites, you want to group devices, you know, for operations. You can do that. I mean, the, there is this uh, concept of centralized control plane policies, um, so that's very flexible. You can define exactly the topology you want. Uh, you define, you know, the tunnels you want. You can, uh, you can define the routing that you want. You can change, you know, pretty much everything. That's easy to do, right? But it's uh, a lengthy operation, and that that can become, you know, very complex at the end because that's pain. That's actually painful, right? More than complex, it's actually painful. So we are trying to see. Well, okay, we need to do something to simplify. I mean, I mean, the very first use case is to simplify. And then um, we were actually working with some uh, large service providers, tier one providers, and uh, the goal was to say, well, we want to have a common design 
uh, a scalable design to actually leverage the backbone, the worldwide backbone that we have. So how can we do that? So you want you want to connect regions uh, into a core backbone that 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 is you know worldwide, and you want to do that in a very simple way. Um, you don't want to have to deal with complex you know configuration, complex policies, and stuff like this. And finally, we also started to work on a new. I would not say a new market, but a new solution called SDCI, Software Defined Cloud Interconnect. The point being that you want to uh, build a middle mile to optimize the access to the multi-cloud, uh, to access applications in the cloud. And pretty much the same request. I mean, you want to do that in a very simple way, and you want to simplify the configuration. You want something that is optimized and scalable. So when you look at these, you know, three use cases, um, you pretty much have the same request. And so we end up, you know, working on this uh, multi-region fabric that brings, you know, uh, kind of a two-level topology. And uh, I mean, originally the the name was hierarchical um, SD1, and it was now um, changed to multi-region fabric. So that's that's what we are trying to do with this uh, new uh, solution. I don't know, Tahir, if you have some uh, additional points, but... Yeah, I mean, uh, you pretty much uh, summed everything. So basically, this is uh, applicable for, you know, almost every scenario what we are looking at uh, in the field uh, recently. Okay, so we're, we're talking here about Cisco SD-WAN and MRF, but I'm wondering, do they have different feature sets? And, you know, what's the difference between SD-WAN and MRF deployment? Yeah, so so basically, MRF uh, is part of uh, Cisco SD-WAN, right? So it's think of it like a framework of features, which is uh, you know geared towards enhancing the capabilities of uh, you know the existing SD-WAN. So and then especially uh, when 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 you talk about uh, in the context of you know multi-region uh, designs and global networks and you know large-scale uh, backbones, this is where it really uh, kind of shine, but uh, it's not only that, right? It's kind of a lot of features which are built under the umbrella of uh, multi-region fabric. So even some of those uh, features are uh, there to enhance the capability of a flat, non-multi-region kind of environment as well. So we are trying to simplify SD-WAN uh, from all angles. So um, architecturally, basically, what we can think of it like, you know, what we have done is we have natively introduced the concept of regions and roles. So uh, there are two types of regions what we have introduced access region and a core region think of it like you know ospf you when where you used to have areas and core uh, you know area right uh, so similarly th uh, these are called regions now these regions can be defined based on any kind of architectural uh, you know business intent it can be you know you you're a company where you have east coast west coast and you can define those regions as east coast west coast or if you are a global enterprise, you can define these regions as countrywide as well. So it depends on your design. The second thing uh, to note about this thing is that we have introduced the notion of uh, roles, right? So there are two types of roles. So there is an edge router and a border router. So edge router is basically just your, uh, you know, uh, legacy SD-WAN router, which is, you know, which you are using for, you know, connecting from the branch, uh, from the retail store, whatever uh, the scenario is. So this is your edge router. And all of these edge routers are 
let's say uh, you are in San Jose, then all of these edge routers are connecting to each other in the West Coast, right? So these edge routers basically utilize their hub routers or a border router, which we call, which is the, the new role which we have introduced, and utilize these border routers to reach any other uh, uh, regions or uh, you know any other countries globally. So border router basically provides inter-region connectivity while edge routers are fully meshed out of the box connected to each other. When we say uh, tunnels, tunnels basically uh, within the region are only created basically within the region, right? So there's no tunnel between different regions. So whenever users has to go out between different regions, they will use the border router and op use the optimized middle mile, uh, you know, backbone connectivity, what uh, different uh, providers have to offer. So this is how we have, uh, you know, introduced and simplified the concept of regions and natively integrated our, uh, you know, notion of region and roles into the architecture. Yeah, so I guess uh, you covered um, exactly, you know, what, what is uh, multi-region fabric. The, the point is, uh, if, if we take regions and, and roles, uh, and we try to apply this, you know, on the examples I gave before, you know, which is the uh, the, the large enterprise that is building this uh, um, core kind of, you know, uh, backbone and connecting, you know, the, the regions. Uh, if you take the service provider uh, building, I mean, having this uh, worldwide core backbone and connecting region as well, and SDCI, which is uh, a middle mile backbone as well. So you end up with always a core region that that we have you know in multi-region fabric and you connect all the regions and the gateway between the access region and the core that is what we call the border routers and that is key because then instead of trying to build the topology yourself you basically rely on just multi-region fabric you just assign a device a role and the region id and then you're good there's nothing to do it's it's fully automated so that's that's exactly the benefit of uh, of multi-region fabric. Thanks both of you for that explanation. And I think, um, you know, I'm sure this resonates with a lot of our listeners who are maybe doing hybrid work or remote work and having to connect these different regions with distributed employees. And could you guys go a little bit deeper into how this actually works? Yeah, so we have regions on rocks, right? So that means when, when you configure a device, you basically have to decide if it's a spoke, if it's an, an edge router uh, in a branch office, for example, or if it's a gateway, so a border router. And then you're going to assign a region ID. That's basically all you have to do. Now, what happens uh, in the back end is we change the way vSmart uh, works. I mean, a, a vSmart controller is actually the, the central place where you have all the routing exchange between the devices. So if you look at SD-1 today, a flat, I mean, SD-1, you have a set of vSmart controllers for load balancing, for redundancy, and you basically connect to all devices. And so every vSmart is aware of all the prefixes and all the devices. What we do with multi-region fabric, we actually assign a set of vSmart per region, right? So you say, I'm going to define an access region, number one. So I'm going to assign a, a pair of vSmarts, for example. And this vSmart will have only a view in that region. So when we talk scaling, that, that is one example. You actually have the vSmart 
having the route for that for that region and 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 connected to uh, connected to that uh, the devices in that region, right? And then you assign the, the same way you assign a, a a set of vSmart for the core region and and for every access region. You can share some of the vSmart, obviously, right? But you can end up having a, a dedicated vSmart per region if you want to. Now the the border routers are, are also playing a, a big role because these are the devices that are making the connections between the access regions and the core. So let's take an example. You have uh, region one and region two connected to the core region number zero, and you have a prefix um, in region number two. So the device that has the, the edge rather that has that prefix will advertise that prefix to the local vSmart, right? Which which is going to be reflected to all the devices in the same region and only in that region, region two, right? The border router will receive that because he is actually part of two regions, region number two, but also region number zero, the backbone. So he's receiving that route and he's uh, looking if that prefix is actually reachable. If yes. Then is going to re-advertise that route into uh, the core backbone. So typically, in that case, in the core vSmart, saying, "Hey, I'm the next hop. So if you want to reach that prefix uh, in that region too, I'm the next hop for that." And same principle, the core vSmart will actually reflect that route into all devices. In that case, that's the core region. So that that's going to be all the border routers, right? So the border router for region one will receive that route and will also check if that prefix is reachable. So looking in the forwarding table, it's okay, I can reach that prefix, it's all good. It's going to reflect and re-advertise that route into uh, the access region number one. So in that case, is going to re-advertise to the, uh, the, the vSmart uh, for that region one. And again, same principle and saying I'm the next hop. If you want to reach that prefix, I'm the next hop. And so the vSmart in region one will then re-advertise the prefix to all devices in region one only. So see that that's a great way to actually scale and to also automatically load balance across you know, multiple border routers if you have. So a, a, an edge device will actually receive the destination prefix in region two with a next hop that is the, the local border router. So and and if you have multiple border routes, then you will you will load balance, and we'll see that we also have additional features to to group border routers to be able to horizontally scale. So that's the root of uh, of the the changes that we made in uh, in uh, in the vSmart. Now, if you look at the vBone, which is the authentication piece, as a device, you actually connect first when you boot. You you, you connect to um, you connect to the vBone and you say hey, I'm part of region number one. So the vBone knows the vSmart and the mapping between the vSmart and the, and the regions and say hey, because you're in region one, this is your vSmart. Please connect to, to these vSmarts. Right. So everything is actually very automated and um, nothing really to do except defining the region and defining the role. Again, we are back to these two basic construct in a, in multi-region fabric. Yeah, so basically, uh, you know, just two constructs, you just configure the role and the region number and we'll take off the routing, right? So everything in the routing is automatically converged and it uh, kind of this notion of reorigination basically 
this kind of uh, avoids any kind of uh, black holing scenarios as well so it's really good to you know and simplified way of uh, connecting multi region network so what if people are already leveraging a multi region design with cisco sd wan how can they migrate from that to the mrf design yeah so uh, we kind of understand that you know uh, it's kind of a new feature we launched this feature in 77 uh, and 27 release but we understand that you know there are some networks some customers who are already having multi region kind of architecture and they are utilizing some kind of policies which uh, you know are achieving the similar behavior of you know hop by hop uh, region kind of routing so so in order to Uh, you know help those customers we have uh, introduced the notion of uh, you know uh, brownfield migration or you know we also call it sometimes migration knob so in 20.979 which is kind of a long lived release for sd wan we are providing this uh, migration knob which is nothing but you know it's kind of a uh, you know configuration construct which helps you maintain your connectivity during the migration time so if you uh, listen to the previous question we were mentioning that whenever you define a region all the regional routers which are sharing the same region they are connected to each other and they will lose connectivity or they will not have connectivity to any other inter uh, region uh, branches right and all that connectivity is going through the border routers now let's say if uh, there is a customer who already wants to uh you know uh, adopt this uh, multi region fabric so what they going to do is they going to introduce the notion of uh, migration knob the, what this migration knob will do is that this migration knob will maintain that connectivity to you know let's say non configured region right let's say you out of the box you you never had any kind of uh, region number configured in your router so when you configure your migration knob and at the same time you are configuring your uh a region number then the router will be intelligent enough and the vsmart will be intelligent enough to uh, you know get you all the routes from your legacy network and at the same time will maintain your region aware network connectivity as well so it's kind of a easy way to uh, provide a transition time during uh, the time you are migration uh, migrating to multi region fabric now we kind of support two types of uh Uh, migrations uh, the first one is when your core is based on you know bgp let's say some of the service providers are utilizing these kind of networks where their core region is running uh, bgp uh, for in in a flat sd wan or non mrf network but at the same time they are achieving the same region based connectivity right so we do support both bgp and uh, for some customers who are trying to run end to end omp uh in their core and in their access region we also support those kind of uh, migration constructs so we have a lot of documentation uh, released uh, on step by step behavior on how uh, you know this migration would happen and we have guided our customers uh, you know how to move forward with uh, the migrating to mrf and maybe jarma you want to add something on this yeah so I mean this uh, migration knob is um, is very important and you uh, you mentioned that uh, something which is very important that is part of a long live release the 20.9 17.9 and um and there's there's multiple ways to actually migrate but uh the recommended way is to start with the well deploying new vsmart right? you you want to keep 
the existing uh, original default vSmarts. Uh, so for everything that is not migrated, then they, they will connect to that you know, uh, set of controllers and they will uh, receive the routes. Now you start deploying the, the additional vSmart uh, for the core region, for the access regions. And then you move and migrate the core. And by the core, we mean the, um, the border routers, right? So you start by enabling the migration knob. You start uh, defining the region ID, the role. Uh, so the core is migrated, meaning the, the border routers will then be connected to both the original default vSmart, but also the new one, the core, and, and the access vSmart, right? So that's step number one. Then you start migrating uh, the access region, the, the edge routers. Uh, so you start you know, adding the migration knob, then you, you configure the region ID. At this, at this point, as soon as you define the region ID, then the device will connect to uh, the, the region Visma, right? That's, that's what that means. And so at this point, when you have migrated all your devices, they're all connected to their local vSmart. So you're running multi-region fabric. You still, you still have your policies. Uh, you don't want to break everything, right? So you keep, you keep, you keep everything. Now, when you're sure that everything works fine, then you can remove the policies. That's pretty much, I mean, the the flow that you, that you want to follow. Great. So um, we discussed use cases a little bit earlier, but now that we know a little bit more about how MRF works, could either of you um, talk more about how MRF can? Ex- can improve the IT user experience? Yeah, I can I can maybe start with the service providers and the large enterprise, and maybe Tahir will can comment on the SDCI use case, right? So we we briefly talk about you know these you know three major use cases. Uh, so if I start with the uh, the service providers, they have this uh, worldwide core, right? And the idea was to build something that is generic enough. So you can apply that design to all customers. So you basically have a, a core and, and they start adding uh, border routers or gateways, uh, they usually call that gateways, in their pop. So say they want to deploy a new customer, large, large customer, having you know, sites in, uh, in mul- multiple regions, uh, in, your, in Europe, in, uh, in the US, uh, in Asia Pac. Um, so they start, you know, adding these border routers in the pop, and 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 usually because they want that to be flexible enough, it's a virtualized uh, routing platform like the C8KV, for example. So they spin up that that border router and they configure that border router as a as a border router, right? Obviously, and then they define the region zero and the access region that the gateway is actually going to serve. So that's step number one, they, they spin up this. And then when they define the regions, uh, they, they just have to define a region ID to a spoke device, to an edge device. And so they split the, the, the customer network into multiple regions, depending on the geography, depending on sometimes on admin you know, use case. And, and that is a drastic difference uh, compared to what they, they had. I mean, if you think about what uh, they had to do before multi-region fabric, it was only based on centralized policies. So they basically had to uh, define the topology, uh, and that means defining what device uh, will be connected together. So the tunnel definition, 
And that means you have to define list of sites, then you have to translate this into a policy. And then you have to change the routing uh, table because you want to say, if I'm trying to reach a prefix that is outside my region, then my next hop is my gateway, my border router. So this, this was only based uh, on, on centralized policy. Again, not very complex, but painful because there's a long list of lines that you have to maintain. As soon as they use multi-region fabric, you basically get rid of everything in terms of control plane policies. Very, very simple. Region ID, role. That's two lines of configuration in the device. Very simple. If I look at the, the large enterprise, it's pretty much the same. I mean, they, they, they really want to build a backbone. And that becomes the, the multi-region fabric, region zero, the core region. And again, they have these gateways that they use. And sometimes they, they are using BGP in the core. Sometimes they are using OMP end-to-end. -end, uh, or sometimes they even use OSPF. And so they actually translated this into a core region uh, running OMP and running SD1 tunnels between the border routers. And same, they divide the network into regions. Uh, and that could be, you know, we, we always take an example of a really large-scale enterprise um, uh, spanning the entire world. But you can think about an enterprise that, that is, I don't know, in EMEA or in France. I'm, I'm based in France. <laughs> you can have a, we have customers large enough so that they want to actually split that network into multiple groups. Uh, it's actually large financials, for example. Why not? And so they want to divide into not not really based on region, on geography, but based on you know role in the in the company, right? So that is that is again the same kind of deployment where you just have to decide where where are your border routers, and then how do you actually uh, divide your your network into into a couple of regions. Yeah, and I mean, uh, we can take a quick example of, uh, think of it like an example of a Black Friday, right? You are a retail online store and, you know, there's Black Friday coming in. You want to spin up a lot of, uh, uh, you have a lot of throughput coming in from the users. You want to spin up new routers. You can leverage our SDCI uh, capabilities where we spin up, you know, multiple gateway routers in any region of your choice and then marry it with the, you know, MRF-based uh, network. So without even configuring all these policies, you are spinning up, uh, you know, new uh, pop locations and handling all those and load uh, all those traffic, which is coming in from multi uh, multiple uh, global regions. So it's very, uh, you know, easy to deploy, you know, OPEX wise, you don't need to worry about anything. You just, you know, go into the vManage portal and spin up the SDCI and then on top of it, have your MRF based multi-region kind of connectivity ready. So your DC applications, whether, you know, let's say your enterprise applications are in DC or is in the cloud or your branches needs to communicate between each other, you are simply leveraging this uh, feature without uh, configuring anything out of the box. You're just configuring the constructs uh, of region and role, and that's it. You are spinning up new sites. So apart from the core constructs like region and role that you both have been mentioning um, throughout this episode, what are the other key enhancements made under MRF? Yeah, so um, just to level set, we started this uh, journey towards uh, MRF in 20.7.77 where we introduce uh, the notion of uh, region roles. You know, we supported this uh, different policies 
for you know routing our traffic we have the flexibility of uh, having different types of encapsulations when we when we talk about tunnels but you know uh, once we uh, had a base of uh, you know basic interregion routing we started developing all the enhancement around how to improve and simplify the network right so one of those uh, one of the announcement what i can talk about is you know uh, the notion of affinity so what affinity does is that it helps you scale your network because now you are spinning up new uh, you know border sites hub sites and you want to horizontally scale your network you want to prefer one hub over the other all that intent right what you want to do in your network can be easily taken care using the uh, the affinity uh, group feature so that's a new feature what we have introduced without even configuring any kind of policies you are telling your intent uh, that I want this hub to be, you know, primary for particular region, this hub to be secondary for other region, things like that, right? So a lot of flexibility around those lines. Similarly, we also introduced the notion of uh, transport gateway. What it does is that, let's say, if you have a network where your ISPs are uh, not connected between each other, you are like two different ISPs. One is using MPLS, the other one is using, let's say, another MPLS provider, and you want these branches to communicate between each other, by default, uh, uh, that communication cannot ha happen, right? So you need to write policies in SD-WAN uh, where uh, you, you'll try to make that communication through a centralized site. What we have done uh, uh, as part of uh, transport gateway feature is that with one single click, you'll be able to have that kind of communication between your two branches, which are on different ISPs. So you just go to the hub router and just, you know, uh, put a simple click on the router and that's it. The hub router will uh, do a reorigination of the route and connect uh, two branches, which are totally connected to a different ISPs. Similarly, you know, I think last one I would uh, talk about is the notion of secondary regions. So uh, we introduced the notion of uh, primary regions in in our uh, previous explanation. But let's say you are a customer and you are using all these middle mile providers, and you know these are uh, you know, these are pagey links. You don't want all your traffic to go between two regions using you know a centralized provider right uh, or you you're not paying for all this uh, traffic let's say you have a replication traffic that's like bulk uh, traffic and you don't have any optimization required for that traffic then you can use this secondary region traffic to build tunnels between two different regions directly without even going through the border routers so a lot of uh, you know uh, good enhancements were introduced uh, recently and not to not to forget the 79 uh, enhancement of brownfield migration which is uh, providing us a lot of flexibility uh, for a smooth um, migration towards uh, MRF rather than having, you know, downtimes and uh, different issues in the network. Yeah, that's, um, there's, there's a long list of features that we have. So, and um, we, we did not even talk about, you know, the policies because you can, you can expand the policies today um, by adding the regions into the picture, right? You can say, I want to apply a specific policy on a, on a specific region, and I want to apply this from traffic, from access to core or core to access. So there's, and then there's more features coming. So it's a, it's really a journey uh, where we will will add uh, way more features, right? And, and I just want to maybe summarize uh, what we have with this multi-region fabric. And, and the, the very first one is simplification. 
and we dramatically simplify. Really, I mean, if if uh, if we look at the the large enterprise that we have, if we look at the large providers, or even not so large providers, you know, the if we look at the centralized policies, the fact that it, it it's very flexible, they end up having something very long. I mean, that's that's kind of crazy. So you want to simplify, you want to uh, not even simplify, you want to remove the need for such policies and and use the policies for what it is. I mean, influence the traffic, make sure that the, the critical traffic goes where you want to, uh, what you want it to go and, and not building these very crazy uh, centralized policies. Then we also improve the, um, the routing uh, in the vSmart and the devices, meaning you have an automatic hub by hub routing and using the optimal pass. And then we can scale. I mean, that's that's also very important. Uh, if I take the example of a very large network, say 10,000 devices, right? And you have uh, hundreds of, uh, of thousands of routes that you have to replicate. Uh, if, you, if you make the mass, then you end up having millions of paths that you have to send from a centralized vSmart to all devices. And we have seen some customers, some customers, providers having 50, 60 million paths to manage in a Visma, right? So that, that is big. The fact that we split into regions that we have a Visma that is, you know, just connected to the device in that region means you still have, you know, maybe thousands of routes, but you send that to very few devices, the ones that are in the region, instead of sending that to the entire network, right? That, that's also, that is a big change as well. And and so this is I mean this is the main uh, the main features uh, simplification scaling and improving the routing mechanisms. Great, thank you both for coming on the show and sharing your knowledge about Cisco SD WAN multi region fabric. I really learned a lot. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks for the invite. And listeners, if you're looking to simplify your network operations and increase the scalability of your SD WAN fabric design check out the resources in the description below. And make sure you follow on whatever platform you're tuning in from. Thanks for listening and see you next time.